0: And hello, everyone, welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, twitcasting.tv, as well as T Wave.tv. We thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to be looking at the book of Daniel, God's mighty angels in Daniel chapter 11, Return of the Kings. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time to study your word. I just pray, Lord, you'll open it up to us, open our minds to understanding your word, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. We pray for each and every one listening and watching, Lord, that you'll bless them mm-hmm. with your understanding so we may draw closer to our knowledge and our relationship in you. In your precious name, amen.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuning to The Truth with Tree, Bible Prophecy, TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones are looking at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 11. And, of course, we pray that you can stay tuned and be part of today's program. And, of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Always great to be on. I love our weekly teachings, brother. It's the highlight of the week for me. The same here. I'm so excited about today's program because we're going to be diving into this incredible uh, Bible prophecy journey that we have been taking in the book of Daniel. And, uh, Nathan, you've been opening up these scriptures for us. Uh, in a mighty way as we close chapter 10 with this incredible revelation of these mighty angels. And before we jump into chapter 11, Nate, would you be able to recap for us briefly what we looked at in uh, chapter 10 in the book of Daniel? Well, in chapter 10, Daniel is praying
1: and fasting for three weeks. He's waiting for an answer from God. And lo and behold, a messenger angel shows up. Daniel's terrified and the angel actually has to strengthen him so that he can give the message to Daniel. And he has a message uh, that was delayed because he was busy battling the Prince of Persia, a demon, likely a head demon in the hierarchy, over the Persian Empire, and he was holding this angel back, lately Gabriel. But Gabriel, with Michael, the archangel, fought the Prince of Persia, and he was now able to come and give Daniel a message. And we left off on verse 20 in chapter 10, He says, Then he says, you know why I've come to you, and now I must return to fight with the Prince of Persia. So he's going to go back and fight against Prince Mm -hmm. Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the Prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the Scriptures of truth. No one holds me against these except Michael, your prince. That actually leads into chapter 11. Because for some reason, i got to wonder about the monks who decided chapter and verse (laughs) breaks. The rest of the sentence goes right into chapter 11.
0: Don't you hate when they do that?
1: (laughs) You know, there's times where you you scratch your head and you're like, what made them think of putting a chapter break here? But that's where they did it. And actually, verse 1 of chapter 11 finishes the sentence from the last verse in chapter 10.
0: Excellent point. So Nathan, in chapter, what we've been looking at here is really a, a spiritual battle, like it says in Ephesians chapter 6, something that is taking place in the heavens, something that we don't see. uh, But it's there, right?
1: Well, behind all the battles on the earth, behind man's wars, there's a spiritual warfare going on between God's forces and Satan's forces. And this is chapter 10 of Daniel, probably one of the best chapters in the Bible. It kind of pulls the veil off, which we can't see, and reveals the spiritual warfare going on in the background. God sends this angel to Daniel, and he's delayed three weeks from battling. Can you imagine battling three weeks, one angel against a demon, and then he has to get Michael the archangel to come, which shows the power of the prince of Persia, how powerful that demon was. And now that the angel, likely Gabriel, has given the message to Daniel, now he says he's got to go back into battle again
0: and go back to fighting the Prince of Persia and it goes to show the relentlessness of God's mighty angels right Nathan how they fight for us and they finish one battle man and when we pray they're right on to the next one
1: praise the Lord too that we're not standing on our own that God sends guardian angels over us to protect us he and of course the Lord's own power and (laughs) think about that you know we're we're not on our own Uh, there's times where we're in our life and we feel like God's abandoned us or we can't fight the suffering that's going on, the trials, the, the attacks that from the enemy, and yet God has his angels there to protect
0: us, to empower us, and to fight the demonic warfare <coughs> excuse me that's going on behind us. Excellent point. And Nathan I love this and we see there how real this spiritual battle is and people don't recognize that it also materializes into our thought lives and that's how the enemy creeps in like the Bible says in Romans 12 and 1 through 2 that we are called to renew the spirit of our minds right Nathan? It's a spiritual battle in the head.
1: Yeah, yeah it's very important that we stay connected to God. That'd be like a foot soldier part of an army and he goes out in the middle of the battlefield by himself without any support. Yeah. We can be like that. We could go out in the middle of this spiritual battle but if we're not connected to God's army, to the general for our, our directions and our orders, for the supporting angels, for our brothers and sisters in Christ supporting us, right. then we are very vulnerable to be attacked and most likely defeated.
0: Yeah, and that's why in Ephesians 6 we're told to put on the armor of God. And like you shared with us also in 2 Corinthians, Nathan, that our weapons to fight this warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual for pulling down strongholds. Yeah, I don't know about you,
1: but I can take a sword and swing it all over the place and hope to hit a demon, but uh, no luck there, right? It's not going to even affect it anyway. That's right. <laughs> our, our weapons are, are certainly different. Uh, what kind of weapons do you
0: believe that are spiritual weapons the Bible talks about? Well, Nathan, I believe we touched on this. We talked about fasting. We talked about prayer. We talked about praise and worship. And uh, one of the things that the enemy hates is, is when we turn things around and we begin to praise God when we recognize that it's him behind us the attacks.
1: Excellent. Yes. It's our weapons are spiritual and that they're spiritual disciplines, right? To, to hone yeah. us, to be better servants of the Lord, to be more in tune with the Lord's Word and to connect us to
0: God through yeah. prayer and Bible reading. Excellent. So Nathan, I, I love the way you close there and also not close chapter 10 but connected it to chapter 11 as you take us now further into this very difficult chapters, right, Nathan? So we're going to do our best to allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us to those watching and listening.
1: You're right. Chapter 11 of Daniel is probably the most difficult chapter to understand because you really have to know the history. Now, I am no expert on history. I, I have to go to the experts on history to give you a play-by-play, but this angel is giving Daniel a play-by-play of the battles that will happen with Israel caught in the middle throughout what's called the intertestamental time period, or the 400 silent years where God did not talk to the Jewish people. And so this would be from where the prophets end, Malachi, to Matthew. <laughs> and if you, when you read Malachi in your Old Testament, in the first uh, book of the New Testament, Matthew, people don't realize there's 400 years of time between that yeah. where God had no message for the Jewish people. Daniel 11 fills that gap. It explains the warfare that will go on between uh, the different kings that fight back and forth across Israel and then it skips way into the end times and starts talking about the Antichrist. Now, brother, many people who have not grounded themselves in the Bible, who do not look at the Bible as God's inerrant word, discount Daniel's prophecies in here in chapter 11 because they're so accurately connected to history fulfilled 100% historically. so mm-hmm. they said, well, Daniel must have been written in around like 200 B.C. It right. couldn't have been you know, in the 550 B.C. because his prophecies are too accurate. But with God, prophecy is always accurate, right? Because God always knows what's going on from the beginning of time to the end of time.
0: Excellent point, Nathan. And, and as we mentioned, the prophecy oftentimes they jump us uh, or they move around and they're talking about different intervals and sometimes we need to go uh, back to the future, right Nathan? That's a pun, there <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Very fitting to say that today. <laughs> Absolutely. Well Nathan, I'm glad you gave us that intro because it's true, when you start opening up chapter 11, People really need to sort of also open up their history books, right? And uh, and a lot of what we learn in school, in history, it's all biblical when we talk about these next kingdoms and kings that you're going to introduce us to. Right. I've talked
1: through Daniel 11, of course, in, in the past, and I've used two main history books for this. One is A Survey of Israel's History by Leon J. Wood, excellent book. Another one was actually a tape series. It shows you how long I've owned it because it's tape. (laughs) Back to the future. (laughs) Back to the future. It's actually called The Future of Israel. It's by Dr. John MacArthur of Grace Community Church. And on tape five, he will lead you step by step, verse by verse, through each of the the prophecies, and then how that prophecy was fulfilled historically. And I highly recommend those two resources for people who are going through Daniel 11 Mm. because even though, again, it involves that... 35-letter word study Study, to really appreciate Daniel 11 you need to study the history because the history was fulfilled exactly as the prophecies that were given to Daniel were given and to me brother when a prophecy is fulfilled so accurately and that it's so distinct a prophecy not something general like uh, you know he came from the planet Earth you know (laughs) not like that it shows you that the Bible truly is God's Word
0: Excellent point, Nathan. And that's why we encourage anyone watching and listening. Again, you're tuned into The Truth Who Set Your Free Bible Prophecy, TV Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones. As we're looking at the book of Daniel, God's mighty angel, Daniel 11. And you're absolutely right, Nathan. There does come a time when we need to use the dirty word, study and seek the Lord and prayer like Daniel did. And allow the Holy Spirit, right, Nate, to open up the scriptures.
1: Most definitely, yes. The, the Bible is very important. The Holy Spirit can guide us. It's very important. But to understand the history, we have to go to the archaeologists and historians <laughs> and historians who uh, understand this best. And, and that's another proof of Bible. It's not just to fulfill Bible prophecy, but there is nothing, no religious text ever created that's so historically documented and proven. Every day, they're kicking over a stone in Israel and something new is proven that happened in the Bible. And all this that Daniel's about to receive happened in history, confirmed
0: 100% by historians and archaeologists. Praise the Lord. So yes Nathan, if you can take us there through chapter 11 of those beginning verses, uh, I think that would be fantastic for our viewers and listeners. So follow along with us. Okay,
1: well we're continuing, let's just uh, hit verse 1 first because it's actually finishing the sentence, like I said, of the angel who came. And so it says, also in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I Stood up to confirm and strengthen him. So it's finishing the angel's thought that this angel, and it might not be Gabriel, because Gabriel's a messenger, and this one seems to be a warrior, right. but he's still bringing a message from God that he was there to strengthen Darius the Mede. Now, give a little background here for those who don't know. Uh, back uh, when you go into Deuteronomy 4, verses 25 through 31. Moses told the Jewish people, and I'll summarize and paraphrase, Mm -hmm. that if the Jewish people did not obey God, if they went to idols, if they refused to repent, that God would take them out of their country, exile them to foreign lands, and there they would worship false gods of the foreign leaders. They would lose their culture and their people and their tradition, but only a remnant would remain loyal to the Lord. And this was a punishment to the Jewish people, his specially taken chosen people, that if they did this, then they would be exiled. And that's exactly what happened. For hundreds of years, the Jewish people rebelled against God. God sent a righteous king or prophet. They'd come back, but only for a short time. So at this point, the Jewish people are now exiled in the land of Babylon. Jerusalem's been destroyed. The land is now under Babylonian control. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. Nebuchadnezzar is defeated by the Medo-Persian Empire.
0: And so now we have the Medo-Persian Empire ruling over Daniel and their people. Excellent point, and you know Nathan, also uh, as you were talking about studying, I was actually have here uh, for those that are watching us live, and this is uh, Tim LaHaye's um, uh, charting the end times, and a lot of what you're saying, they have it here in a really nice format regarding uh, exactly that history. So uh, again, it, I think it's awesome the way you're opening up this for us so people can recognize that this is just a lot of great historical information but it's also biblically sound and Bible prophecy coming alive. Well,
1: it's very much tied to Daniel 2. If you remember Daniel 2, we talked through it. Absolutely. Where Nebuchadnezzar was given a dream of this giant statue. Uh, I can quickly go through there. You, O King, there before you stood a large statue, an enormous dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. Now, when you were watching, the rock that was cut out, but not by human hands, it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, and the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces. At the same time, and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Now... What does that mean? Daniel, fortunately, interprets the dream. And what it is, is it's is four empires. Each stage of the statue is an empire that would rule over Israel during what's called the time of the Gentiles. In other words, when Israel is not ruling over itself, but that Gentile nations are ruling over Israel. He tells Nebuchadnezzar, you, this Babylonian empire, is the head of gold. The chest." And arms of silver is the Medo-Persian Empire. Two arms, two parts of the Medo-Persian Empire. And that's where Daniel is right now. But this angel in Daniel 11 is now going to talk about the next empire that will defeat the Persian Empire. It's belly and thighs of bronze. And that's going to be the Greek Empire. And then as we read through, the Greek Empire was defeated by the legs of iron, the two-part empire, the Roman Empire. And then all these empires will be destroyed by the rocks, not cut out by human hands, which is?
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Amen, yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> when Jesus returns to set up his kingdom, that will be the end of human uh, kingdoms. It will be the end of Israel being ruled by Gentile nations. Awesome. Even to this day, brother, Israel might be in their lands. They might have control over some of it, but they're constantly battered back and forth by the UN yep. and the Muslims and the Palestinians and, and all these different groups. But there will be a time where Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem so during this time period though Israel has to contend
0: with these nations and we're just about to get the prophecy in Daniel 11 of the Greek Empire Woo! amazing you know Nate also when you were asking me that question also what came to mind was uh, Revelation 17 and we talked about this verses 9 and on where uh, uh, again uh, John in this case uh, the angel is revealing to him and he says here is the mind which has wisdom the seven heads or seven mountains of which the woman sits, there are also seven kings, five have fallen one is and another has not yet come and when he comes he must continue a short time. And, and this is all lining up right neighbor what you're bringing us through
1: Yeah yeah we're, again we're getting another end time view of the kingdoms that affect Israel during the time of the Gentiles. matter of fact if you notice that the two legs, the, the legs of iron that represent the Roman Empire, Extend all the way until there are ten kings mm. that are mixed with uh, partly yeah. clay and partly iron. In other words, the influence of the Roman Empire continues over Israel even to this day. So there's yeah. no other empire past the Roman Empire over Israel. And so that's uh, important to understand because when we read in Revelation about these ten kings, uh, ten rulers as the earth will divide it into ten regions with an Antichrist, a one world ruler ruling over all of them. And brother, I believe that we're at the bottom of the feet, or the legs there, and we're, we're at the ankles, as we have to say in human history. We're about to see the world divided into ten regions, ten yes. kingdoms. Uh, but that's getting ahead of ourselves.
0: Right now, yeah. we're just Daniel <laughs> Levin on the Greek Empire. But that's an excellent point, Nathan. I think what you're also sharing is for people that are watching and listening to recognize the exciting times in which we're living in. And I think people need to recognize where in history we are so that they would be saying, wow. I can see all these things happening, and and that should cause the church, right, Nathan and Christians, to really have a passion now to reach the lost, because the Lord can really return at any moment.
1: That he can. Uh, We are living in the season of the Lord's uh, soon return, and now is the time for Christians to to really get excited about, one, living a holy and pure life in anticipation of the Lord's return, and two,
0: witnessing and and bringing as many people to Jesus as possible before he returns excellent point so no Nathan you were not getting ahead of yourself it's just that you and I get so excited man that you know we just want yeah. to bring as much information as possible
1: well here's a little more information I, I, I like to understand time period uh, you know if you don't anchor it in a date it's kind of hard to understand but right. remember that the Jewish people have been burdened by the Babylonians from 605 to 538 BC and so here the Babylonian Empire rules over this is the head of that statue Daniel now is in the Medo-Persian Empire, which ruled from 538 to 331 B.C. But then we're about to approach the Greek Empire, and the Greek Empire ruled over that land from 331 to 146 B.C. before the Romans came. And so this is the time period that these prophecies that we're going to be covering, from 331 to 146 B.C.
0: is what these intertestamental prophecies will be covering. Man, I, why, did I, why didn't I take more history in school, Nathan? I hope you're going you to give me a passing grade here. Well, it's important because, like we said earlier, Daniel 11 can't be understood without understanding the history. Excellent point. But thank you, Nathan, for sharing that wonderful background. But, yeah, take us through. This is very exciting, informative, and also educational. We pray those of you that are watching and listening that you guys are able to follow along and take down some notes because this is really awesome.
1: Okay, well, we had, of course, the Medo-Persian Empire come in. It was, uh, And Daniel wrote this in the third year of Cyrus, which is 536 B.C. He died of a war wound, and now we've got Darius the Mede in charge. And this is, well, when he's writing this, because it says right out there in verse 1, the first year of Darius the Mede, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. So we've got actually a time frame for when Daniel wrote this. But now... He's going to go into uh, let me just give you a little bit of a big overview here is what happens to the Persian Empire when the Greek Empire takes over how it breaks up and how two different warring sections of the Persian Empire the Greek Empire will war back and forth back and forth like a ping-pong tournament with Israel caught in the middle and that's where we get verse by verse as different kings on either the north or the south are duking it out and Israel stuck in the middle of it
0: excellent you know nathan very interesting because you talked about how people cast doubt on the book of daniel and what i noticed there in verse two is almost like an an, an inserting uh a truth he says and now i will tell you the truth in other words it's almost like they knew lies would rise up in the future (laughs) people people will have will find it hard to believe so he's like saying this is a fact excellent yeah but uh no go ahead nate and it says again he talks about beholding these uh these three more kings uh, that will arise. Well, Verse 2 reads, Now then, I, I tell you the truth. And again,
1: it's the truth here. Three more kings will appear in Persia, and then a fourth, who will be far richer than all the others. When he has gained power by his wealth, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. Mm. So, what Daniel here, at the beginning of the Medo-Persian Empire, the angel is telling him what the next few kings will be like for the Medo-Persian Empire. Now, Cyrus and his Medo-Persian empire defeated Babylon in 539 B.C., and then Cyrus, who was actually prophesied in Isaiah 44 and 45, that Cyrus would make a decree for the Jewish people to return back to Jerusalem. And, brother, that's exactly what happened. Cyrus, who was prophesied 150 years earlier that he would come and allow the Jews to return from exile, does that. He creates an edict. And the Jewish people are allowed to go back under Zerubbabel, and this is where we got Haggai and Zechariah, yeah. the prophets, and they go and they start rebuilding the temple in Israel. Now, these kings, that is, who are these three more kings that will appear in Persia? Uh, the son of Cyrus, his name was Cambyses, and he ruled from 530 to 522 B.C. After him, the second king was Guamada, and he was actually a look-alike, he was a pretender king, of the yeah. brother Smerdis. Uh, there's an interesting story with him, but I won't get into it. Third king is Darius Histaspas, if I can pronounce that clearly, 522 to 486 B.C. And then the fourth king, the super-rich king, is Xerxes first, and he ruled mm-hmm. from 486 to 465 B.C. Now, he's a very important king because he's the king who was married to Queen Esther, and this is where we can get the Book of Esther. Xerxes wanted to avenge, avenge his father's death, so he went into Greece, he captured Athens, he burned the Acropolis down, and so he is like kicking a hornet's nest. He ticked off the Greeks like there was no tomorrow, but when he got back to his country, he was actually killed by the captain of his palace guard, leaving Esther a widow.
0: Wow. You know, Nathan, this is so important what you're sharing with us, because I think for anyone watching and listening, this will be a great opportunity for homework during the week for them to make their way back into those small books to really get the gist of all the what's going on here as you're taking us through this incredible journey
1: yeah the history is very important to understand because here we had a prophecy given to Daniel at the beginning of the Medo-Persian Empire mm-hmm. and it says who the next few kings will be through the Medo-Persian Empire and it happens exactly four more kings with the greatest being Xerxes the first and this, Xerxes does that he goes into Greece Uh, He attacks them. He ticks them all off and the Greeks never forgive Xerxes for this Mm -hmm. and that will lead to verse 3
0: Excellent point Nathan, you know, and and I wanted to ask you since you have all the history uh, There my wife is teaching through the book of Nehemiah and they started rebuilding this wall How can we fit that exactly in history there? Well the Zerubbabel and
1: the the rebuilding of the temple Began or excuse me you could read in Ezra chapters 2 through 5 that was around March of 515 B.C. Ezra then came down. He was uh, the priest and he built the temple and finished it in 465 BC. And then Nehemiah, the cupbearer of the king, was sent right. down and he rebuilt the wall in 444 BC. So this is when the kings fall in. Esther falls in around uh, about 480 or so. Mm-hmm. So this is during the reign of um, King Xerxes. And uh, it all falls together. Uh, it's right. neat too that as we study this, It also places the book of Esther. Esther lived in a time period where the Jews were returning to Jerusalem and building it, but she still needed to protect the bulk of the Jews. Almost very few went back to Jerusalem, only a few hundred thousand. The rest continued to live in the medo persian Empire, and God saved the Jewish people through Esther and
0: Mordecai. Oh, excellent point. And that's why For I asked you that question, Nate, just for those that are watching and, and uh, listening and maybe they're a little bit new to the history of the books, just to place things correctly because, again, we're jumping back and forth in a sense, going back to the future, right? The past, the past <laughs> and the present. So thank you for uh, opening that up for us. Yeah, yeah, back to the future. Why
1: do you keep saying
0: that? I'm just messing with you because I told you before that we were going to throw that in there
1: yes uh, for those who knows we're recording this today on
0: October 21st 2015 and historically brother that is the date of what <laughs> well about what 30 years when the movie came out back to the future
1: back to the future right when Marty and Doc travel to the future on was October 21st 2015
0: 30 years brother can you believe it's been 30 years since that movie came out it's it's amazing Nathan but Nathan and you know we are we're we're sort of joking a little bit but think about Bible prophecy 30 years ago right Nathan 30 years ago, people uh, were thinking, man, is this really going to happen? Is the Lord going to come back? Are all these prophecies going to be fulfilled? And yet, 30 years later, Nathan, now we look at Europe and we look at uh, the European Union and how all these things are lining up. And, and it's what you and I are talking about here in the Word of God. Well, when you think
1: about when the Back to the Future came out, the Soviet Union still existed. The walls hadn't fallen Around. down. The Jews hadn't mass immigrated out of Russia down to Jerusalem and Israel yet. Uh, like you said, the European Union hadn't formed a common currency, the euro. Uh, we haven't seen the, the Islamic world rise up like it has uh, since 9-11. Exactly. Many of the prophetic pieces that have fallen into place over the last 30 years.
0: And I think we're very close to some of the major prophecies that the Bible talks about <clears throat> Excuse me, concerning Israel. Exactly. And Nathan, that's why we're, we're redeeming all these events, because people need to see the relevance of Bible prophecy when, you know in light of what we're actually seeing. To recognize, wow, that we really need to wake up and recognize that the, the time is very short, that the Lord can come at any moment. And that's why, Nathan, you and I, in every program, we try to take a little bit of a minute, excuse me, a small opportunity to encourage our viewers and our listeners that if they have not trusted in Christ... Uh, today is that day because we really don't know how much time we have left. And Nate, will you be able to again share with that person that maybe is straddling the fence? They still haven't committed their life to Christ. They know they have a void in their hearts. How maybe they can begin that relationship with Him right now? Well, if anything that Vic and I want you to get out of our study here is knowing
1: that the Bible was proven one hundred percent by history, by archaeology. Uh, by changed lives. We have seen people transformed by the power of God. The Bible is the real word of God. That's what we want you to understand, that the Bible is the word of God. You can trust it. And when the Bible says how to be saved, how to be forgiven of your sins, and so you can go to heaven and stand before God, we can trust what the Bible says, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior repent of your sins pray in your heart dear jesus please forgive me of my sins and be my savior and jesus promises to do just that he will forgive you of your sins he will cleanse you of the guilt Mm -hmm. he'll make you pure so you can stand before the father one day in heaven and you can inherit the hope of eternal life through jesus christ
0: Mm, amen thank you so much nathan for sharing that and i pray for those of you watching and listening if you trusted in christ hey let us know our local number is 305-992-9537. We'd love to be able to give you more information how you can continue to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you also for being uh, part of the program and following along with us as we have been making our way through the book of Daniel, looking at God's mighty angels uh, in Daniel chapter 11. Well, Nathan Jones, I mean, time seems to run out so quickly. As I say, time is, runs out when we're having so much fun, you know? but I'm very excited I want to thank you for all that incredible information that you pulled forth for our viewers and our listeners historically there uh, to educate individuals in really these events here in in the word of God but also Nathan as we close I'm sure people can find more information uh, at the ministry of the Lamb and Lion can you close us maybe by sharing a little bit about Lamb and Lion and your contact information as well as the resources that you offer so individuals can continue to grow in the knowledge of the Lord People can
1: grow in their knowledge of God's prophetic word by coming to our website at landlion.com or org. And we have a wealth of information. Uh, our founder, Dr. David Reagan, has produced so many materials, articles, videos, our television show, Christ and Prophecy. We have social networks, e-newsletters you can join, a daily blog you can subscribe to. Yeah.
0: We have all this information we want to teach you about God's prophetic word, get you excited about the Lord soon returns. Mm, amen. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And for those of you watching, Listen and visit lamblion.com. The information is there on twave.tv in the back screen. And you can also uh, find great information and uh, so that you can draw closer to the Lord. As Nathan said, those dirty words, study. Well, we're giving <laughs> you the resources so you can study. Nathan Jones, I want to thank you so much for being part of the program, man. And it's always a pleasure to have you on. And I pray you have an awesome week. You too, brother. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. To-